Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches doing work, changing lives. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, owner of CrossFit Greensboro, North Carolina, John Meeks. How are you doing, sir? Good, man. How are you? I am fantastic. I'm living the dream, man. I, I, I don't know what I'd rather be doing than this. So I appreciate you coming on today. Let's talk CrossFit. Let's talk business. What are you all about down there in Greensboro? Well, um, we're a CrossFit gym. Um, I think uh, if you say anything, we're more of a traditional CrossFit gym. It's a little rough. It's a little dirty in here. Uh, we've been doing this a long time. I got involved with CrossFit in 2007. We got affiliated in 2009. Just to give you a little history, when when you brought up the name CrossFit in 2009, people went, "Huh? Is that is that a shoe? What is that?" You know. So um, I, I've seen the ups and downs over the years. You know, I've had a chance to be part of that. I've been, a, you know, had a had a chance to be part of the growth of CrossFit from the very beginning. Um, rode that out a little bit. Sort of stuck to my guns and and what we're good at as a gym. Um, which is working with people, building a really good community, um, and training. And we just sort of stay with that as far as our model. Um, one of the things I'll tell people is that, you know, some people love CrossFit, some people hate CrossFit, um, but you don't know until you try it. You know, I've had people come through the doors that, you know, they, they're like, I'm not sure I'll like this. They come in, they love it, and they've been members for 10 years. I've had people come through the doors I thought would be great at it, and they hated it. You know, so the best thing I recommend for people is to try it out and go from there. So. Absolutely. That's, it can be pretty addictive, either that or you quickly figure out that it is, you are in the wrong place, right? <laughs> exactly. I will tell people sometimes, try it out at one place. And if you don't like it, try it out at least one more place, just in case, because you just never know. Execution is different. It's not, it's not, you know, good, bad, or indifferent. It just, it is yep. what it is. Yep. It's, it's, it's unique. Everybody's got their own unique flavor and community. And, and that's what makes it great in a lot of ways. It, it can, it can be a pro and a con, but anyway, you were there, consistency, but then there's some greatness. And then on the other end, there's also some that is to be desired <laughs> or lacking for sure. So you were in the training world before you were ever a CrossFit affiliate, you found the methodology, you liked it, latched onto it, you affiliated and mm-hmm. over the years, um, COVID hiccup notwithstanding have had, you know, continual growth have grown into, a, you know, pretty big facilities currently sitting in an 8,000 square foot facility, which, you know, a lot of people would probably be dream gym size. You've been larger again, pandemics happen, hopefully not again in our lifetime, but, um, what would you say along that part of the journey, um, what were the biggest contributing factors to your longevity and your growth? Um, I think just consistency, you know, it's one of those things with, uh, with a business, it's staying with it over the long term. You know, it's the same thing. It's almost like uh, business and training sort of mirror each other in that, you know, the most success people can have with training is just staying consistent over the long run. It's the same thing with the business, like got to be consistent over the long run. You've got to stick to it. There's going to be ups and downs, but what you're looking for is that, that general average going up. Um, honestly, some of my, my hardest times were when I had large growth in a short amount of time and not to not prepared for that type of growth. Whereas now that I've gotten a little bit more experience, especially on the business side is 
like gradual growth is my mission for success. Growing a few members every month consistently, and those members are staying over the long run. So maybe, you know, that would be, you know, one of those things I'd say for people, you know, for to help them is just stay consistent with it and don't think about the big hits, but think about the small hits over the long run. Absolutely. And I think you say consistency in training, in business, maybe just in life. It's something yep. that we could all use in so many aspects, myself included, you know, I'll, I'll, if I'm ever going to point the finger out that I know the thumbs pointing back at me. So yeah, consistency is one of those things that, that we could all use. So we're here now um, for some parts of the country, some parts of the world, still some strong restrictions, pandemic related stuff. What's it like for you down there? Are you still under any restrictions? Is it just precautions? What does your, your business model look like right now with COVID still lingering? So it is, um, it's very spread apart as far as the members that I have. Um, you know, I, I welcome everybody into my gym, you know, and we have people that come in that are both ends of the spectrum, you know, people that are very, very concerned with it and people that care less. My goal is to meet them where they're at. So whatever they're, you know, whatever they're feeling, you know, I try to set them up in a position where they're comfortable working out. Um, so people that are wanting to wear masks, I set them up in areas that are separated. I, I put up boxes for them to work out in. People that don't want to do that, I, I put them in an area where they're all right and they're comfortable working out. So I try to just find where people are comfortable and say, you know, hey, I want everybody to be able to work out. And wherever you're at, that's fine with me and I'll meet you there and, and, and help you have success. Well, so what does it look like right now for you as far as in your facility? I think we said it's, it's roughly, we'll call it 8,000 square feet. And that'll be big enough for, for people who are familiar with the CrossFit layout to know the generalities. But how many people are you generally comfortable with fitting in a class? And where does that put you as far as like where you are for members and, and where you eventually could be in that space? So I, I have had up to up to 25 people in a class um, in this setting. I've got it blocked out pretty well. I've got, luckily, I, over the years, I've been able to accumulate enough equipment to be able to train that many people easily. Um, I have a pretty large rig that has 12 stations on it, and then we built another sort of homemade rig on the other side that can hold um, another 12 people um, if we needed to. And then with each of this, basically with each of those pull-up stations, um, we have a little area set up that has like individual foam roller and wipes and, um, you know, their own little whiteboard that they can write on. And so it makes them pretty much in their own little area. They can put all their stuff in that area. And then we have, we do have some equipment that is set aside that they go and get and they bring back to their area for that workout. Um, but we try to make it as, you know, as comfortable for them that they feel that, okay, things are being taken care of. You know, we, we used to have back-to-back -back classes. Actually, in our old location, we used to have overlapping classes. We were large enough to run multiple classes at a time, and they would overlap. Um, we don't do that anymore, giving time to make sure that in between we, we get some cleaning done if need be, and, uh, you know, we spray things down, and there's not an in and out where people are running into each other as much. Now, with that being said, it's CrossFit, and people like the community, and they like to, to talk with other people. But so... If they want to leave without interacting with people, they can. If they want to stay, I give them that option as well. I have an area set up for them. So, Cool. cool. So the spot you're in now, you plan to be there for 
foreseeable future, the next five years down the line? At least I, I don't ever want to move again. I don't ever want to move the equipment again. <laughs> Moving to gym is terrible unless it's a walking distance and then your members will do it for you and call it a walk. <laughs> but so you're there, you're there for the long haul. Um, what are your goals for the place? What type of um, potential do you see it? Is it always going to be just CrossFit? Are you going to add any other aspects, any training? Where do you see, uh, you know, the potential for the, the building for the client base for where you want to be as an owner and a gym? Um, right now I have sort of simplified things. I'm focusing primarily on CrossFit and classes because that's our bread and butter and that pays a majority of the bills. Um, we've added a spin class. Um, one of our, my coaches is also a spin instructor and she wanted to um, offer that to our members. So we've been doing that as sort of an add-on. So we have a little room set up that runs a small group spin. Um, so that's been a new thing that we've added in the last month and a half. And it's starting to get uh, momentum. You know, primarily it's just our members, but the goal would be that that pulls in outside people that will then try CrossFit. Um, I have a background doing strength and conditioning. I, so I also work with athletic teams. Um, so I'll bring those on at different times throughout the year. And, and um, with the, the winter coming up, a lot of times I, I, I work with a, a beach volleyball group. Um, so they'll come in and train over the winter um, since they can't get out on the sand when it's cold outside. So that'll be another thing that'll be an additional thing. We're looking at expanding to offering 24-hour access. Um, and that would be something for, you know, just our members having extra time to be able to get into the facility. Yeah, I like the 24-hour um, the concept in a CrossFit gym specifically because it can get crowded, it can get dangerous, it can get technical. There's a lot of things that can go on and utilization, right? you gotta pay rent 24 seven. So it, it answers the question sometimes when people want more open gym time, right? But the prime open gym time, maybe you could do some personal training. Maybe you could do some semi-private. Maybe you could do some cleaning or just, you know, go home <laughs> or, you know, maybe not have to be staffed. So it leaves you a little more flexibility. I don't think it's ever a real huge revenue driver. It's more of a value add-on. And I think some of the systems have become pretty affordable and it depends on where you are. Some people, you know, insurance regulations, things like that. You're going to have a hundred cameras and a, a different, a different system. And then some people are just like, ah, just give people a key to the, to the building. And it's like, okay, well, however it works in your facility, but it is one of those things that, you know, maybe, maybe it's a selling point. Maybe it, it's the difference between someone joining where you are and otherwise, but I think more than anything, as you have athletes who develop in the CrossFit world, some people are going to want to spend a little extra time, do some work. And it's like, well, I could pay somebody $20, $30 an hour to watch this, or I could just let them come and, you know, have, have that ability. And it makes people happier. And that happens with people, especially when you have members like we've had, I've had members that are 10 plus years experience crossfitting and they, they want to try different things. And I completely understand that it's part of the journey. So, you know, they're coming in and they're doing class, but they also want to try, you know, this specific strength cycle or whatever. So giving them the opportunity to sort of do that, but it doesn't interfere with us running classes. You're exactly right. It's value added. What keeps them interested in coming back over the long run? Yeah, it doesn't add any drag onto your operations. It just it makes them happy. You got people that have been a member for 10 years. They probably got keys to your house, never mind the gym. So, <laughs> you know, 
and, and you're in North Carolina, so there's some some a little bit of Southern hospitality there. So there's a lot of Southern hospitality. We, I we think some of the, your members have been to your house. That a lot of members have been to my house. You know, and I've been to their house, and you know, yeah, it, there's there's a lot of it's a family. I mean, that happens. Um, you spend this much time with people, and you build that connection with them, that shared experience, and you know, they become part of your family. So. Absolutely. So I know you said, you know, the CrossFit, the group classes, that is kind of the bread and butter. Do you do much in the way of personal training or semi-private training, anything like that? Or is it exclusively just the big groups? It, it is. I have done that in the past. Um, recently, I have not. Um, partially, I, I have done it. Some of my coaches have done it as well. Um, recently, it just hasn't been as much of a demand for it. Um, and also, I have it comes a time thing. Like, you know, you try to put value on your time and work in my time better be suited. So, um, and I'm, I'm beyond the point in my career of wanting to work every hour of every day, you know, <laughs> you know, it's bad enough having to do in the morning and the evening, you know, and, um, you know, I want to be able to have flexibility to be able to be home with my family and, you know, those types of things. So how many trainers do you have working for you right now? Like what's your staff? Um, four on a regular basis. Okay. Uh, and probably we have, you know, up to eight that could that could come in and help at any time. All part timers, or do you have any full time help? All part timers. All of them are part timers. Yeah. Pretty standard for CrossFit, right? You get the people. Some of some of my favorite coaches always have been people who they have their their career or their job, and they just love it so much that you know a little extra money is cool, but they really just want to coach and help more people. And, and that's how I think so many coaches end up owning their own gyms because it just gets addictive, right? You're like, yeah. Oh, and they do it enough to get burnout from it. That's the one thing I have seen with coaches that, you know, you start coaching a large amount of hours, 20, 30 plus hours a week, and you start to get burnout on it. And it's hard to bring that energy. Whereas the people that are doing it a little bit less often, as long as you keep their skills up to par, they're normally very excited when they're there and that energy transfers to the members and the members get that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So along the line of, of other things we can do for the members, value adds, different things like that, do you do anything as far as like nutrition coaching, supplement sales, gear, you know, apparel, mobility equipment? Do you do anything like that for, you know, it's twofold, right? More revenue for the gym, but also a higher level of service for the clients? Um, yes and no. North Carolina is a little different. Like you can't provide um, specific nutritional advice um, for people individually. You can, you know, depending on the certification you have, you can give general nutritional advice to a group, but not anything specific to an individual without being an RD. Um, so, and they're very strict about that. Um, so we do, I've got a, uh, an RD that's a member that, that comes in from time to time and she'll give presentations and things like that on different topics. Uh, we sort of work out a trade with that, with her, with her membership. And then um, we, we, we give information. So like, you know, somebody comes in and they're struggling with something. I, I give them the information they need either utilizing resources on, you know, either you know, programming their macros or, you know, some information from like precision nutrition you know, some of the better companies out there that I know do a great job with that and give them those resources that are provided by them that I know that I can trust that's going to be good information and then help them with that. Um, and then as far as additional revenue generating, we have had a lot of that in the past. 
Um, at our current location, I'm still, we've been here four months. I'm still looking at what I want that to look like. Um, you know, we, we didn't sell a lot over when we were shut down over quarantine. <laughs> so a lot of that is sort of gone. And now we're trying to think, okay, what are we going to convert? I've got some office space and how do I want that to look going forward? Um, so I'm definitely moving forward with that as a additional revenue generator for the, for the gym. It's just a matter of deciding what I want in there. Yeah. That sometimes is it's the execution can be easy. It's the planning that it can take a little while to, to make sure, especially if you you've been around a while, you have your gym set up a certain way, you know how you like things to flow. It's not just throw some stuff on the counter and see what happens, right? You're, you're kind of more at the stage where you're planning out everything very methodically. Yeah. And, and, and what, you know, what do the members want? So that's another thing I've had a lot of conversations with them and, you know, we, where are we at now on yeah yeah for sure it doesn't do you any good to have a bunch of stuff that's going to sit on the shelf forever right this is great to have it in your gym and you can have it there and the people that are brand new to it they're probably going to buy it people that have been members for a long time they're going to go to amazon you know they're going to go somewhere like that because they know what they want they've been taking it forever and and i'm all right with that so yeah yeah it's hard there are there are only a couple of brands i think still around that have good margins and that don't sell on amazon or don't sell direct to client or if they sell direct to the client they it's know yeah. And then, or or more if you're lucky, right? Some of the some of the companies, some of the vendors out there at least still try to be gym centric, yeah. but they of course don't have the same name recognition. So you have to have a system for getting it in front of people, or else they're going to say, "Oh, I I saw this one at GNC, and this you know this this tastes like fruity pebbles." Like, okay, all right. So it can you can get in the <laughs> there for sure. I lost you for, well, we're good. Sorry. No. Oh, it's cool. Um, so as you sit there in this gym, you kind of have your trajectory. You're going to be there for a while. You're on this, you know, comfortable. I think comfortable is probably a safe word for you here. Growth trajectory. You know, there's some things, there's still work to be done, but nobody's coming and shutting your power off, right? Your members are happy. You know who you are. You're doing a lot of things. Um, what would you say the the biggest thing is that you are working on right now? Like the the thing that maybe you think about the most when your head hits the pillow at night. The the biggest area of improvement that you want to tackle, you know, in the upcoming call it six months, year with the gym. Um, so probably the biggest thing I'm working on right now is that 24 hour access. Like how do I do that? And then as part of that move how should I change pricing? We've, we've had the, pretty much the same pricing for I don't know, five plus years mm -hmm. um, more than that. Um, and then I have some members that are, have pricing that go back 10 plus years. Now, when, you know, the easiest way to take a business and, and increase your bottom line is to increase how much you're charging. So that's what I'm looking at. What would be a reasonable amount to charge if we now are offering additional time or access to the gym. 
Um, and are people all right with that? And will it you know, match up to the service that we're offering? Yeah. It's one of the hardest things to do as a gym owner is like, you got to ask people for money. And it's, yeah. that's, that's the part that sucks, but it's got to be done. Right. Yeah. And we all probably feel like we would do this for the minimal amount possible if we could, but if you didn't get to be where you are by not making enough profit to buy more equipment so yeah. that you can sustain, I mean, look at what it's done for you post pandemic, right? You have enough stuff, you've been able to accumulate it so people can spread it out. So, you know, there, there has to be that, that give and take. And you're right. There's only a couple of ways that you can grow the business financially, right? You can add more people and that's, that's kind of finite, but it's a, more people is always nice to a point. You can charge them more or you can, you can add other things that add value. Like, you know, you said you may look into supplements or, you know, you can't do nutrition coaching, but you know, some gyms can, you know, I've seen affiliate programs where, you know, you can kind of, you can sub it out and there's all those different things where you can, you can increase that revenue. And, and then from there, it's like, Oh, Hey, my bottom line's bigger. And I know me, you know, in my career as a gym owner, the first thing I always thought about was how can I put it back into the gym? You know, granted, <laughs> keep some for yourself, right? You buy, I want to buy some new equipment, you know, something that I really don't need, but I, it looks really cool. And I'd like to have that, you know, <laughs> yeah, there, that's the biggest temptation as a gym owner, right? It's very rare that we're like, Oh, I'm going to try to buy that new Corvette. It's like, no, I need 10 GHDs. <laughs> so yeah, absolutely. So I, I totally agree with you there. So we are coming, um, unfortunately, to a close with the time that we have today. But I think for somebody like you who's been in the game a long time, who's seen a lot, done a lot, uh, I'm always interested, you know, if you could go back and look, you know, give your younger self some advice about the business side of things or, or maybe somebody listening here, a little bit of both. Is there any, any lesson or one or two things that really stand out do you think have served you the best? Um, I think if, if I could, if I was talking to someone now that was starting a gym, I would say utilize people that are good at the things that you're not good at. You know, if, if, if you're not good at accounting and keeping up with that stuff, just invest money into someone that is, and they can help you with that. You know, if you, you know, if whatever it may be that you're not good at, you know, you, you go out and invest people that will, will do that for you and it's gonna make the journey so much more enjoyable. Um, you know, when I first started, I was like, I wanna try to do everything, you know, and I'll be all, you know, you, know you, you try to, you know, try to save pennies, but you end up wasting dollars in time because you're taking so much time doing the things that you don't enjoy or the things that take you much longer that somebody that's an expert in that field could do in a minimal amount of time. So you know, capitalizing on your, your experts, whether it's building equipment that, you know, or it's, you know, accounting or it's payroll or, you know, the office background stuff, or if it's sales, you know, talk someone who likes to, that likes the gym and, and give them incentive to sell memberships for you, you know, um, in any one of those things I think would, would help somebody at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Any or all of them, right? Don't, if you're listening out there, don't pick and choose one, do all of those things. They are all very, very useful. John, that about wraps up the time that we have today, unfortunately. But before I let you go, people out there listening, if they want to find you, they want to find the gym, what's your website? What's your social media? How do we find more about you and what you got going on down there? Uh, we are CrossFitGreensboro.com. You know, we're old school. The, the name is, is the city. 
Um, and it's the same thing on the, the uh, Facebook page, CrossFit Greensboro. Um, and then I run a competition called War of the Wads, W-O-D-S. War of the Wads. You do that there at the facility? Well, uh, last, we, we, we've been down for a year now. Um, we're not doing it this year. We're looking at doing it next year, hopefully. Um, but the, uh, we have done it locally at the Greensboro Coliseum. It's a fairly large competition. That's, that's super cool. So War of the Wads, CrossFit yep. Greensboro. You heard it here. Check it out if you're going to be down in that area. Or maybe you weren't planning on it, but now you should. Um, check out John and everything he's got going on down there. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me today. Thank you, John. I appreciate your time. And as always, to everybody out there listening, we appreciate your time. We thank you for taking a little bit of time out of your day, spending it with us. If you got something out of this and you want to hear more episodes, hit the subscribe button, share it with a friend, leave us a review, a comment, a like. We love all the feedback. If you want to be on the show and talk about what you're doing in your facility, if you're a trainer, if you're an owner, uh, CrossFit, boutique gym, whatever you're doing down there to help help change lives with fitness, fill out the form. There's a link in the description. We'll get with you and get you on the show. To everybody out there in Gym Lords Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives, keep kicking ass. Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches and learn more about their business and business knowledge as a whole. I'm your host, Ryan Carson, and today we're here with Raymond. Raymond, how's it going, man? It's going very well. Thanks for having me on this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for being on here today. Um, so let's go ahead and get right into it. What is the name of your facility and where are you guys located at? Uh, so my gym is called Vanderhoof Health and Fitness, which we're in Vanderhoof, BC, Canada, um, right in the middle of BC, actually. So, Gotcha. Gotcha. And how long have you had your facility? Uh, me and my wife have owned this business for six years. We went and bought it back in 2015. Okay. So you guys, so uh, we talked a little bit before this, before the podcast was on the air, but you guys actually um, bought this business existing, correct? That's correct. Yeah, it was uh, the other owners, I think, had it for 15 years before us. So it was mainly focused on women's only. And the, the owners had like uh, uh, oh, another gym before and they've moved it over into this other building. So we were able to take it over from them. Gotcha. Now, is that something that you guys pursued or did they kind of ask you uh, to take um, it over? I pursued it eventually. We were actually in university. So I was in Alberta. So another province over doing my uh, schooling in phys ed. And I was wanted to build a gym and have my own gym. So the goal was eventually start my own gym. Um, we came back for Christmas and I saw that it was for sale. So I went and looked at it and changed my mindset of it was that like, I wanted to start mine from scratch up. I wanted to do it my way. And I wanted that really badly because I thought, you know, hometown gyms are always and small town gyms are always really run down and really mm -hmm. not taken care of. So I really wanted to start it all new, but we went in there and I was like, there's enough in here that I can work with. And the startup was way like a lot less money for us, especially as two <laughs> university students coming out. 
Um, yeah, we had just had no money to really do that. So it really brought the gym faster to me than trying to wait another 10 years and work to get a build my own gym. So, yeah, exactly. And I mean, it doesn't hurt to have, you know, paying clients already too, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah awesome. So, so you guys have had it for six years. Um, now you said before, so it was mainly focused on women's only. So what have you guys, what changes have you brought to the gym since then, since you took it over? Um, so we've added a lot of different spaces. Uh, again, like we talked about earlier, it was a weird building before. So it was separated into like five or six different rooms. So we started to get rid of that. It had a squash court, had a racquetball court. Uh, we found just racquetball was not being used at all in our small town. Um, so I turned that into a CrossFit and we leveled it off. So we have a CrossFit and now a cardio room for those separate places for people. I really upgraded the, just the normal weightlifting room for everybody. Um, so we put a bunch of new equipment in there. Um, we revamped the paint and kind of made it our own, yeah, our own brand there, which really helped just kind of changing it for small things, especially a small town, just that small little bit, showing that we care, that we're, we're present when we're being in the gym helps so much with the business for us right off the start. Yeah, it does. And, and too, so you remember that gym before, right? Actually, I wasn't. I lived oh, you weren't? Town, okay. We didn't, we didn't travel in. So um, my parents had my own little home gym for when I was playing hockey, but yeah. Okay. Well, how did you find that gym then? I'm curious. How did I find? Yeah. How did you, yeah. How did you find the gym? To, to um, well, small town. So then it was just the only one in town. Um, yeah. And then we were just looking around and we saw that I've always wanted to go to it, but we just, my parents were yeah. down for us and it wasn't. I gotcha. But. Yeah. That makes sense. And, and that's uh that's a good point you make. Like, you know, we were kind of talking before, like, when you take something over like that, any kind of change you make, like, you know, even if it's small, like you said, even the paint colors, like that goes a long way. And then for the people seeing that, you know, you're, you're looking to improve it as well. You know, that definitely helps with member retention. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it really does. And yeah, I found it helps so much, especially small town because the small towns are known for crappy little gyms. Like our town's 5,000 people. Right. And mm -hmm. I have this mindset, you know, we're going to have the best small town gym and I have people coming, yeah. you know, traveling in and they're really impressed. They're like, you guys have everything here. You guys have a well-run gym, even for a small town. So mm -hmm. that is my goal. And we're eventually going to get there, but it's, it's taken a long time to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And so looking at like um, the model of your gym, like what, uh, what is the model? So is it like open gym? Do you guys offer classes, PT? Uh, what do you guys have going on there? So we're open gym with a little bit of PT. Um, we're 24-7 gym, um, just with a lot of our work around Boundary, which helps a lot with bringing people in. Yeah. Um, and then I'm a personal trainer, so I run that. Um, so I do a bunch of one-on-one. -on -one. I also run classes. Um, and I run also a lot for um, hockey players. I've been trying to get into that side of it. So I've been training with younger athletes. Um, all summers, I run boot camps for them, try and do that twice a week, just um, trying to get the younger kids educated and aware of, okay, this is a big, scary place, especially yeah. for boys, it's about teaching form, you know, first thing they do, come in there, they're going to lift the heaviest things they can for yeah. dumbbells, yeah. Um, trying to get their biceps bigger, right, and so I'm just right. trying to teach the fundamentals of, okay, here's a good balance thing. And, you know, I'm working with young kids as young as 12 right now. So mm -hmm. I love that aspect of it. And then trying to get females more comfortable with it. Like we do have a women's only still, and I find that's been very good, but something that I want to really go into the future with this gym is branching into the high schools, um, going into there and creating some kind of program that will bring these kids in here that we can eventually 
yeah, do more educating for both males and females that they're prepared when they leave Vanderhoof, when they're prepared to, when they're done university and not playing sports anymore. I find there's a pretty big gap because people are scared of the gym as well as just like a very intimidating place, especially for females, right? Like, yeah, very, yeah, there's a lot of stereotypes with it, but hopefully that we can build that trust with them and then have them so they know how to do a plan, how to do it properly and hopefully feel comfortable when they do leave or are finished university and school. Yeah. Yeah. That, and that's a good point too. Um, you know, so it's, it's cool that you guys um, like your plan is to kind of, you know, set these kids up for success when they leave, because, you know, there's a good chance if they, if they haven't ever been, you know, into any kind of fitness or sports whenever they're 18, you know, there's a, now not to say that they wouldn't get into it later in life, but it would be good if they had some tools, you know, for when they leave there, you know, so they don't have to, you know, go through a lot of the challenges that a lot of people go through and not make it to the gym until they're 40. Yeah, exactly. Start that, that, that really young for these kids, just a healthy lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, um, so can you elaborate? Did you say you guys are still women's only or you have a women's only area still? We, we have a women's only area. So we, okay. have, we have main weight room, that's co-ed, uh-huh. cardio room, squash court, kind of a CrossFit room that I run my circuits classes out of. And then we have yeah. women only as well. So yes. Have you found the, the classes are pretty, uh, people take well to the classes that like those? Um, I find it very hard in our small town to get people just to commit to it. So, mm-hmm. I've, and with, well, you know, with COVID everything, I couldn't right. really, so it's been a struggle with that. I can do younger kids classes easier, like after school programs, stuff like that, easier yeah. to commit people, but to commit people to either early morning, lunch, I have like just a few here and there. So it's harder to get enough people interested. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And I think, and you know, the small town thing now, it, it seems like there's always the small town, like if you can get, you know, one or two people that are like crazy about it, that have connections, you know, or people like they're, you know, influential on people, so to speak, um, that can happen. But, you know, with, with 5,000, I, I would say that, you know, it, it takes a little bit of time to get that person, you know, and just to build that up. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. And um, now what about the, um, the one-on-one training? Do you have a better success with that, you think? I do. Um, yeah. Now that I'm starting to grow a bit more of my clientele, a lot of word of mouth stuff. I haven't done a lot of online stuff. I'm really like strictly, I'm just doing one-on-one sessions mm-hmm. where clients are people. So I haven't branched into the online. I'd like to eventually, but I do love just the personal connection that we're getting. Yeah. Um, so I find that's pretty, like I have a pretty good clientele and the word of wealth, especially at Vanderhoof now is that I'm getting a lot more clientele that way, you know, pretty full yeah. throughout the week with just one-on-one with people. So yeah, that's awesome, man. So um, now, other than you, um, is there any other staff there? Like, does your wife work in the gym as well? Yeah, my wife, she does the bookkeeping and she helps out for staffed hours every once in a while. And then I have one other um, part-time staff. So I do most of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's interesting. To listen, I listened to some of your podcasts earlier, yeah. just talking, listening to some of the guys, you know, talking about how you need to let go some of that stuff and some guys are talking you know i'm letting go let somebody else do it i was like oh that's i need to do that like i'm have too many things going on right now to really succeed there like just to get more into it so it was very so i really appreciate you guys podcast for that reason yeah man and that's and i'm so glad that you got something from that because that's the point of it and um you know we really want to build value in these podcasts so um when people come on and and like you've been so far um you know, when people are, are real with us, you know, and they tell like paints a picture of what's really going on. And that is one of the biggest struggles. Um, that was one of my struggles, you know, personally, 
Um, I wore so many hats and, you know, in the beginning of, you know, a startup, like there's no way that you can delegate a lot. Like you have to, unless you have unlimited money, you know, and that's usually not the case. And if it is, you have someone else telling you what to do. So, um, but yeah, once you can kind of scale back and delegate some tasks, you know, start working, you know, more on your business instead of in your business, um, that's when you see the big changes, but it is tough to get to. Uh, it's some belief breaking, you know, because I believe in the beginning, we, we think that no one can do it as well as we do. Um, maybe we have some faults like mine, for example, was, um, you know, I could teach clients things, but I wasn't a, like able to um, teach employees new processes, like really in depth, mm. you know, so they always had to depend on me for, you know, even if it's something little, yeah. But um, when I dedicated time for that, that's when I saw the biggest changes. Yeah, no, exactly. And I think that's my biggest thing is just letting that go. So I still can be present, but even more present. So I'm not taking on the small jobs where I'm just constantly doing that stuff. But yeah, um, in the gym and be able to just go talk to people, go, hey, can I help you with this? It's just more of that one-on-one and creating that relationship with people will be really good. Yeah. And um, one thing that I found too is, you know, I thought that, you know, I had to live in the gym basically. I mean, cause you hear the success stories from some people like, you know, I slept in the gym and, you know, I mean, I'm not going to say I haven't ever done that before, but I thought every waking minute had to be spent here. But then I realized if these people are coming in, you know, you know, once a day, um, you know, maybe three or four times a week, if you're there at that time, when most of them come in, the appearance is that you're always there, even if it's only a couple hours a day. Oh, exactly. So, that's that's one way to think about it. So I mean, you can. That's kind of a little hack that I was like, huh, maybe I don't have to spend like twelve hours here every single day. Exactly, you got to have that balance, that life balance there. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. So everything um, as far as as far as the training goes. Now, do you got do you offer meal plans as well, or is it or you kind of guide them? I have started doing that. So I have done some like prep for people to do bodybuilding shows. I've done. I'm working with three clients right now. Get ready oh, cool. So I do some of that as well. Um, I'm working on my nutrition degree up here in Canada, so I can do a little bit more. Um, um, yeah, tackle people that aren't are kind of outside the gym because I right now meal plans are pretty simple. You know, you can do that for a gym people, but finding more doing the nutrition side, people that aren't going to the gym and finding more healthy habits for them and helping them, yeah, just figure out a balance and more nutrition stuff that way. So yeah, for sure, and that, and that is the biggest thing. Like like you said, there it's balanced. Um, and I think another stereotype that, you know, is always fun to break is, you know, everyone thinks, not everyone, but people that aren't gym goers, if they want to lose weight, they think they have to eat, you know, rabbit food, basically, mm-hmm. you know, it's got to be lettuce, like they can't ever eat anything again, you know, that, that they like. And I think that, you know, sets a lot of people up for failure. Um, number one, it's not sustainable. Number two, a lot of people just won't get started because that's, you know, what they think it's going to be like. Yeah. No, and I deal that people all the time. They come in, they, okay, just track your food for two days. And, you know, I, I see what their calories and their macros are at. And I'm like, you are eating no food. I almost double their food and they start losing weight. Like, it's just, yeah, your body needs substance, right? And it's not like, yeah, again, this all stereotype of the industry, right? Is that you have to have a strict, strict diet all the time. It doesn't need to be that way. Like, it has to be balanced and you have to have some moderation. But again, it doesn't have to be crazy strict all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got to be able to live life and enjoy it for sure. Yeah. yeah. And, and food is an enjoyment for a lot of people and, and some people too much, but you know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, one analogy I use 
you know, you always hear, um, do you have kids? I do. I have a one-year-old. A uh, one-year-old? Okay. Well, and, and one way to think about this is, you know, when you have a toddler and you tell them that they can't have something, you know, they want it more. Mm-hmm. You know, they want it. And, but then if you give it to them, you know, a lot of times and, you know, in moderation, you know, take it away, give it to them, take it away. They're, you know, they don't want it as bad as they did before. And um, so that's one way to one way to think about it. And another one I use is, you know, like you hear about the girls in high school, like the dad says, oh, you can't date this guy. Right. Well, that's the guy she always wants to date. So (laughs) it seems like whenever we put restrictions on things, you know, even like in everyday life and then especially with diets, that's all people think about, you know, is that other food? Exactly. Yeah. After that. Definitely, man. So. so you guys are 24 seven. So is that like scan card access basically to get people in? Yeah, we have, um, yeah, security system. They all have security cards. They tap to come in 24 seven. Yeah. Um, just got it back. I think, uh, started up in January again, I think, or yeah, I can't remember with all the codes that are messed up with time. Um, but we didn't have before we were running nine to nine just with, cause we had to be there more with more cleaning and stuff like that. So now things are a little better. Um, so we're able to run 24 seven and stuff like that, um, again, which is nice. Yeah. So when did, uh, when was 24 seven first implemented? Did you guys do it or was it already a thing? It was already a thing when we took over. Um, I was trying to consider if I want to keep it, but just with our town, we have like, we have a couple mills, we have a bunch of shift workers. So a lot of them love to come to that like two in the morning. So it just creates so much. We just found even when we had to, with the COVID restrictions, we found we lost so many members that just couldn't come because we couldn't meet their times yeah. with all the shit around town. And like people could make it, but you know, it wasn't in their normal routine. Um, so back to 24 seven just helped us so much get more people back into the gym. Yeah, I'm sure too. And you know, so a lot of those times too are times when other people aren't there. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it kind of makes everything, it makes a lot more sense, I think for, for kind of what we're dealing with right now. Yeah. So looking at like lead generation right now, um, you know, getting new people in the door, is it mostly word of mouth that you're doing right now? Or are you guys doing any social media? We're trying to do more social media. Um, that's our next kind of thing we're trying to, we have some accounts and all that, but we haven't been using it to its full potential. It's, I find it difficult because small town, we're the only gym in town, so I'm not competing. So I think yeah. that works on my drive away for that. Yeah. Um, but I need to be doing it to get, hopefully get members back. Um, and just, yeah, to do, give them more, build more options and just to commit that or create that more sense of community. I think just like showing to people that are doing great in the gym and yeah. that sense of community will be our bigger part than trying to bring, yeah, creating business out of it. Yeah, that makes sense. And so what it like a typical like client journey. So someone joins the gym um, or they, you know, they call and say they want to join, they walk in, whatever. Um, what are the next steps for them? Like what usually takes place? Um, I guess normal waivers, all that stuff. We do all the sign up there. Um, we show them around the gym. Um, if they want, usually I'm there. So then if they wanted extra stuff, so if they want some personal training, I tell them about what we offer for that. Um, workout plans, stuff like that. But most of the time they're, yeah, they're really just ready to go show them around the gym. If they want other questions or show me, show me how to use equipment, I can do that as well. Yeah. Um, for the most part, people are pretty independent up here and just want to kind of just sign up and they go for it. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. And there's not a lot of options, like you said. I mean, yeah. right. Yeah. All right, man. So we are, we're getting towards the end of our time on the podcast here. 
So one question I always like to ask people is, uh, what does growth look like for you guys? Like say in a year from now, what does that look like? A year, I really just want to get our members back. Um, we're running about 50% of what we were pre-COVID. Um, so trying to figure some options out for that, what's going to make people feel safe and want to come back. I think you no know, winter's coming along for us. That always helps. Sometimes people are very busy and people are able to do stuff this year. So hopefully we'll see some increase over the winter. Um, I would like to finish up some of my renos, which is the next big thing. Um, yeah. just, a couple, just a little more painting, branding in the gym and stuff like that. But I think social media is our, our first one we're just going to start tackling that hopefully show that we're what we're doing in the gym at this point in time for our members. So hopefully bring the people that are back. Hey, like, you know, we're doing this kind of cleaning. We're open this amount of time. There's lots of times so you can show up that not very busy and or yeah. often those options. So hopefully that will bring people in and we can incorporate that into a bit more of a weekly schedule. Yeah. And get that people back. So that's our, I think our biggest one for this next upcoming year. That's awesome, man. And you know, another thing too, so you could always, you know, open up another gym in town, just not tell people it's yours. Right. And it's like, you can, you can go down the road if you want to like go to the other gym. You know, I don't care if you don't want to join this one. So create some business for myself. That's right, man. Yeah. Well, awesome. Raymond, thank you, man, for being on the podcast today. Um, I know that our listeners will get good value out of this and uh, thank you for, for being so open with us today. Thank you so much, Ryan, for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. And for our listeners out there, if you found value from this podcast, please click the, click the subscribe button. And if you're a gym owner and want to be a guest in the podcast, click the link in the uh, description, apply to be a guest. Until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. We talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches doing work, changing lives. I'm your host, Dominic. Today I'm here with my guest, Lee Banks, the man, the owner of Lee Banks Fitness in Jacksonville. Sir, thank you so much for being here with us today. I'm glad to be here, man. I'm honored. Yeah, I'm, I'm honored to have you here. So I want to hear all about, about you, about the business, what it is you're doing here. So tell us about Lee Banks Fitness. What are you all about down there? Well, Lee Banks Fitness is uh, Jacksonville's one of our premier gyms here for one-on-one -on -one fitness. Um, we, we, we mainly specify in one-on-one -on -one personal training. It's exclusive um, personal training only. It's run by myself. I have five trainers that, that work under me. And our goal is to just get people healthy and fit. And um, being a 
a form of bodybuilding. It's all about results. So that was one of the reasons I really wanted to um, start this business because people want to go in the gym to get results. And that's where we offer. We offer results. We offer coaching along with training. Awesome. So you're not a big box, come in, work out on your own, wander around, walk on a treadmill, that type of gym. Anybody coming in with you, whether it's in a small group or one-on-one -on -one mostly, is getting a program distilled down through you, executed by one of your coaches on the floor, right? Nobody's, nobody's doing their own thing. That's correct. No one's doing their own thing. Um, we're not even really labeled as a gym but we are labeled as a personal training studio. So you, you got it right on the head. Everyone comes in by appointment, meet with their trainer and the trainer's executing their programs that I've already written out. It's no different than when I were working online. I just now have people to execute the workouts to make sure my clients are actually not hurting themselves. They get in correct form and they're being pushed. Awesome, awesome. So I wanna go through how your model is unique um, because you adopted it from that online space. And that's a little reverse from what we, we see a lot of people brick and mortar expand into online, but not in the reverse a lot. So I like where your mind was at and how you set it up. So you were doing online coaching. I'm going to come up with the program. I'm going to tell you what to do. I'm going to be there for whatever amount of support that, that your, you know, your value proposition, your membership level, allows but you're going to have to go out and either do it on your own or work with a local trainer or something like that so that was the model before and now you have all right somebody googles right uh i don't we'll talk about how people find you but let's say they google fitness personal training in jacksonville they come along with you how do you explain it to a new client and what's the process look like from intake to execution Okay, well, the process starts with, you know, someone opt in, maybe through Google, Google, go to my website, and I get a contact form. That contact form kind of tells me, you know, their goals, what they're looking for, how long they've been training, and we set up a consultation, me and, you know, myself and the client, a future client, and we say again. In-person consultation? Uh, In-person. In sometimes I do it um, by Zoom. It depends okay. on whatever makes them comfortable. Phone okay. call, Zoom, in-person. Some people, need, they need the in-person. Okay. So I'll, I'll meet them in the office, and we, we, I kind of get a look at them and feel for what they're after, the goals. And I explain to them how my program works. You know, my program works is, you know, I designed the program I work with their nutrition. I'm, I'm the one that's gonna design the nutrition for them, the program, the cardio modules, and I actually monitor their success weekly in my app. So um, that's the difference. My trainers are gonna make sure they're, they don't hurt themselves on the floor. They're gonna make sure they're pushing themselves and they're gonna make sure they have correct form. Because a lot of people out that sign up with me never worked down with, with weights before. They never really worked out in a gym with machines and weights. So um, they definitely need uh, the help of a trainer. So that's that. That's the difference. The difference is at Lee Banks Fitness, you're getting an expert coach and you're getting um, the great trainers. My fitness specialists are you know, certified, all certified 
and they all went through the Lee Banks training system, meaning I had to make sure they know how to train the way I train. Perfect, perfect. So I come in, I'm a prospect. You, 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 we talk about my goals, we go through assessment. I decide to sign up. You're gonna introduce me to a trainer. I'm gonna be with the same trainer all the time as much as schedule allows vacations, things happen, whatever that is. But you're gonna be behind the scenes executing it. You're gonna be writing the program. You're gonna, you're gonna be looking at my, my progress. So I know that I have this person that I see that's shown me what to do, but I also know that everything is coming from you, the guy I met who knows everything about me. Correct, I call it, I call it double support. You know, they have support yeah. inside the gym and support outside the gym. Sure. And you mentioned that you do a lot of feedback things through an app that clients get to. Yes. Yes. Okay. So they have communication with you. You're not giving out your personal cell phone number to everyone walks through the door, but they can access a coach through a fitness app, see what's coming, what kind of workouts they have, track their progress, all that stuff. Correct. They can access um, their personal training coach and they can access me. And um, I get a lot of questions, you know, along, we, you know, we're trying to teach them the fitness lifestyle. So I get questions about how, what should I eat? Can I eat this? You know, just having a, an expert there to answer your questions. Um, they love that. My clients love that. Yeah. And, and why wouldn't they? And it, it reinforces that you are truly a high service results-based business. Right? You're not just selling people come sign up and I don't ever want to see you again. Like they're getting a full service fitness lifestyle. You know, you're helping them affect their mindset, affect their nutrition and their training. Correct. That's, that's the feedback that, that I always get with my reviews. They get the feedback that they're not only what a great trainer they love, but how informative I am as a coach and how involved I am in the process, you know, Absolutely. Now you have, you've developed in the time you've been open, a, a staff of, of five, five trainers, five fitness experts executing your plan. One of the things that I hear constantly from gym owners in the industry is how hard it is to find trainers that are more than just, that are more than just a shirt on the floor with a clipboard, if we can be honest. So what have you done? Have you grown them? Have you taken raw talent and put them through? I know you have your own little certification, but are you, are you out there networking at other gyms? Like, how are you finding, you know, this staff that you have that you can trust to execute what you're doing? You know what? That's, Dominic, that's been a challenge for me too. And um, I found that the trainers that I've, I've actually hired with experience has worked more, you know, has worked better for me. So I get trainers with experience and I tweak the way they train because we are strictly, we, we do a lot of weight training, bodybuilding style training. So a lot of trainers have different training styles. So I, I, I find those trainers, I teach them my training style and um, that's become more successful than trying to, tr trying to teach raw talent. Um, you know, training like courses, um, they don't teach customer service and you know what I mean okay. and I don't have that I don't have the time to really teach that either so I try to find guys who, who've already been in the system know how 
customer service works, you know, those type of things. It's easy to teach them a new training style. But if, if you don't know anything about customer service and, and running a small business, it's kind of hard, you know, to build. So I, I, I would rather keep four or five trainers and have a waiting list than to have a, that T-shirt on the floor because that's not fair to my clients. Yeah. Sure, absolutely. So from the way that I hear described, and I, and I talk to a lot of people in the business, you're really a, you know, a top, it's a premium service that you're offering. So do you feel that because of that, um, you're able to charge a higher price point and be able to hire these experienced trainers who might be looking to do more, right? They want to be able to provide a higher level of service. They know that's going to help them make a better living, but there aren't a lot of people out there who will pay it. You find that it, it is a premium price to get those experienced good trainers in and that works well in your model? Yes, yes, yeah. You have, uh, charging a, a more premium price allows me to pay them more and um, that really keeps them, you know, they, they get paid more and when they're here, it's just this different because it's a different intimacy that comes with my business model than training in a big box gym. You know, you know, they're, they're, I have trainers on the floor sometimes. It's just one trainer with their client. So we're really intimate. So um, they love that, you know, because it, it feels more like their business when they're, when they're working with the client. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, you know, that's like you said, you know, the, it's probably people that have been in a big box that, yeah, I don't want to say they're too good for it, but their skill set has exceeded what the model will support. So, if there isn't somebody like you in the area, they don't have any place to go, but you're kind of, you're providing a little bit of a funnel and that'll eventually lead to a reputation where people are like, oh, oh, he went to go work at Lee Banks. So people are gonna come to you naturally. Maybe they're not good enough for you, maybe they are, but then you start to be able to pick and choose people who, who have heard about your reputation. So it kind of makes things go a little bit smoother in the hiring process somewhere down the line. I don't know if you're reaping that benefit yet, but it sounds like eventually you will for sure. Yeah, yeah, and and, and, and don't forget these guys are watching my model. So mm -hmm. if they ever wanted to launch out, they already know how to do it. They watched my model. They understand, okay, you have to have some type of niche. Um, you have to have these things in place and, you know, you know, and branding. I, I, I allow my trainers to brand, of course, under my brand, you know, send out workouts and they see how people will call my trainers and say, hey, I want to work out with you. And they're like, okay, well, you got to come to Lee Banks Fitness. So they're learning how to market. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So, so they're coming with, with a fair amount of, of training customer service experience, but they are getting more from you. You're adding on things like like the marketing, like your unique spin on training. So, so they're kind of getting a higher education while they're under you also. They're not a finished product. Correct, correct. Fantastic, fantastic. I love it. So primarily one-on-one -on -one training, maybe a little bit of small group. What other things are you offering? You have uh, nutrition coaching that you handle, right? Yes. Um, anything else? Do you have any... 
uh, massage therapy, chiropractor, co-leasing space, uh, supplement sales, equipment, gear, anything like that, other revenue streams that feed into the business and, and add more for the clients? Yeah, I try to stay away from the, um, like the clothing and the stores because we are appointment only. Mm-hmm facility so there's sometimes no one's in here so there's and there's times oh, not too much yeah yeah i don't and i don't have i don't have staff in here to you know i have a manager but he's not here all day to be collecting money so i kind of stay away from that but i do have um rental space okay so i my i have a couple of independent trainers okay that pay to run pretty much run their business in my facility you know, okay. they, they pay rent and they have a key and they come in and bring their clients in whenever they want. And, um, you know, I, I, I originally started my business that way, you know, offering it to other independent contractors or, or trainers that want to have a place to train their clients without all the rules. I've been, to, I, I started in big box, so I know all the rules and, and, and the regulations about using cameras and filming and all that. So um, I do, I do rent it out for, for independence. Got it. Got it. So, Hey man, the rent is due 24 seven, right? So you might as well get your utilization as much as possible. And, and that's, right. you know, you, you got to do a little bit of scouting. You got to do a little bit of work to make sure that they're the type of people even if they're not on the Lee Banks name, if they're in your facility, you, you're gonna make sure they're the people that you would align with, but it's it's easy to take take a rent check if they're the right person and, and you can get them in there. That's extra revenue, it's gravy, right? Right, right, you're right. You just gotta, you wanna make sure they're, they're a great fit for <laughs> your programming. Yeah, yeah, they have, they have to, you gotta vet them a little bit. So there's a yeah. little work up front, but potentially a, a big, you know, uh, it, it's essentially uh, what do they call it? Mailbox money if you get the right person. So, you know, it's, right. it's definitely a, a revenue stream that I don't think enough people take advantage of. Mm -hmm. um, so it's cool to hear that you're doing that and that you have that model, right? So it's uh, that's that's kind of one more thing that you're doing. So you have been you've been in this facility a couple of years. You have a a pretty steady client base. You have a, a real solid foundation. You know who you are. You know what you're doing. You know what you're providing. All that identity stuff is out of the way. So where do you go from here? What are your next steps? What do you have to do if you want to help more people, if you want to expand? What do the goals look like? And, and what do you have to do to get to them? Um, you just have to scale. I, I'm in the process of um, having my own building built. Um, okay and 2022 in the summer of 2022 okay. and it's going to be more state-of-the-art than this one here and just scale from there you know i would like i have ideas of, of doing it on other sides of town other states um, north carolina i'm looking at north carolina so just um just re reproducing yourself you know that's that's my goal Absolutely, man. That that's awesome. So that I mean, what's the facility look like, or what's the? Are is it going to be you know ten thousand square feet? Is it twenty thousand? Like, what are your? Are you going to add any amenities? What are the goals for that new facility? The goals. For, I, I still want to keep it intimate, so I don't want 
six, seven thousand square feet. I want to keep it. Um, I, I want to keep it still intimate, like we have it here. Because mm -hmm. um, we still have the we still have the issue that we always we all deal with is trainers. I don't have a you know ten thousand square feet building, and I can't get enough trainers for the clients I'm bringing in. <laughs> Right. You're going to have bodies. So, yeah, I like the intimacy. I think my clients like the intimacy of, of the building not being really big, more of a, a, a large studio feel. So, no more than about, I would say around three to 4,000 square feet. Um, but um, just, just upgrading the, as far as the equipment, like you said, massage chairs, just an area where uh, a real area where they can have lunch and they can hang out before the trainer come or the trainers can hang out. Just more of a, we'll have a family atmosphere here. So yeah, just more of, of, of upscale. So you're going to stay appointment only for the most part, but is the vision that you'll maybe have a front desk person, somebody who will be there, someone gets a little early for an appointment or somebody wants to you know, whatever, like you say, a massage chair or whatever the case may be, so that you can be a little more accommodating schedule-wise. You think that'll be one of the biggest differences for it? Yes, yes, that'd be one and, of the biggest. And is that one of the things that comes up a lot? Because moving is tough. Are you going to be very close to where you are now? Yes. yes. Okay. Really close, yes. <laughs> You're like, I can see it from here. Um, yeah, I'm actually, I'm actually, so I'm actually walking distance. Yeah. Where I'm at, where I, where I, I, I am now is, we talked about it, it was more, it's more of a, a, a rented strip mall. Yep. Warehouse. So the price of rent, that's not, that's not beneficial for a business owner. You might as well own because it's just, <laughs> it goes up every year or so, or every two or three years, wherever you write up. And it's just not beneficial. It's not good finances, you know, financial. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's two parts of that that I want to I wanna hit on. And we don't have a ton of time left, but one is location, right? Moving your gym too far from where you are can kill you, right? That can be... A very bad thing and I've seen it happen so you have that in mind you're close enough that nobody's going to say hey Lee you moved too far I can't come there anymore you got that part covered but you also realize that while you're paying somebody else rent you're not you're missing out on an asset that you could have as a business owner tax advantages um, something something besides and I hate to say it but I've been there in the gym business you own a bunch of depreciating equipment, right? That as soon as you start using it, it's it's half price. Except during the pandemic, it was it was double the price. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you own a bunch of equipment that's worth half what you paid for it if you're lucky. Mm -hmm. And you have a client list that maybe someone will pay for. It, it really all depends on your market. So it's it's tough. But when you have a building, right? You can do anything with it. You can, you know, there's tax advantages. You're paying off your own mortgage. Maybe you can sell it. Maybe who knows what could happen. Anything is possible when you own it. So that's a, that's a huge business move um, that you put yourself in a position to be in. So I love hearing about that. Is that something that you had in mind from the get-go? Is it something that 
you know, you, you just started thinking about and you're like, I'm going to make this happen. Like how, how far along in your plans did that come in? Oh yeah. I had this in mind from the get go, you know, yeah. to, to grow this business and build. So yeah, that was in mind from the get go. Awesome. Awesome. So as, as you grow and as you look to grow, and I know that, you know, you're going to have to eventually play the stair step game. If you're not already clients, trainers, clients, trainers, are you doing anything actively to bring more clients in? Are you advertising? Are you, you know, doing paid marketing? Are you doing referral campaigns? Like how are you getting people towards the door? Yeah, I'm doing, um, most of my marketing now is, um, most of my, my marketing now is organic because okay. this business is, is more local. So mm -hmm. I'm doing, I get a, most of my business come from organic um, post and word of mouth. Now I do pay marketing on my other business, which is um, Lee Banks, you know, men's health over, over 40. So I do organic marketing on my online because I, I do want to relaunch online now okay. while I have this one too. So, but right now organic um, word of mouth is just, is spreading really fast in, in the city because the people are getting results. Results talk, right? And it makes right. people talk. So, so that's fantastic. Do you see any, besides trainers, do you see any hurdles, any obstacles besides just, just the time in, in getting those, getting more trainers, the right trainers in as you grow? Is there anything else you think that might be a hurdle? No, that's that's the biggest hurdle. That's you know, it's like one of the only hurdles that I that I see is is getting more trainers that um that we can vet more trainers, get the good trainers in here, and you know, and keep them. That's the thing, getting them in here, keeping them. So we have I have a system that I know trainers want to start with a you know a good amount of clients. So we want to have those clients ready when a, when a trainer comes, especially an experienced trainer. Any any grow from there. Perfect, perfect. So any trainers out there and listen, we're going to give all the info again at the end, but from what I understand, Jacksonville is a great city. So if you're a good experienced trainer, you might want to hit up my guy Lee here. He might have a spot for you. But Lee, we're just about out of time. But before I let you go, uh, you've been in the game a while in different aspects. You were a competitor. You've been a business owner a while. You're just, you, you live and breathe the fitness, health and nutrition world. What would you say if, if you could give some advice to your younger self or maybe someone else who's in the business or thinking about getting it, would you say there's one big lesson, one big thing that you would tell yourself if you could about being in this business? One big thing I would tell myself about being in this business is just, um, and I would tell any young guy, is just make sure your intentions, if your intentions is really to help people and, and you have the skill set, you will be, you know, you're going to do great because your intentions is really to help people. This is not the type of business to get in for money and, and just, you know, if you don't have that skill set and just go for it, you know, it took me, this has been my passion since I was four years old. <laughs> And it, it took me till I was somewhere around 40 something to fully pursue it because I thought it was more of a, of a, of a 
side business, but this is a, a business that can be very lucrative and um, you just go all in, just go all in and you'll see the, the results will be there. If you, if you have great intentions, people buy into your passion and your intentions. Sprinkle a little work ethic in there too, right? There you go. Work ethic is everything. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we, we are just now officially out of time. Before I let you go, where can people find you online? Social media, website, where can they find you and all your programs? You can find me at um, LeeBanksFitness.com. That's my website. Social media, Lee Banks Fitness on Facebook, Lee Banks Fitness on Instagram. And you can find me, you guys over 40, you can find me at Coach Lee Banks Men's Health and Fitness. Um, CoachLeeBanks.com, that's the website. And Coach Lee Banks Men's Health and Fitness on Facebook and Instagram. Perfect. You, you had an easy name to spell. Google it. Find Lee Banks. It's in the description. Find him everywhere. Lee, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you, sir. Okay, great, man. Take care. <laughs> thank you. To everybody out there listening, we appreciate you too. Thank you for spending a little bit of your time of your day with us. We hope this made it a little better. Hopefully you got some ideas from Lee. He's doing a lot of great things down there in Jacksonville. Take a little bit of it, borrow it, give him credit, whatever you have to do. Reach out and say thank you if you got a nugget from him. If you want to be on the show, click the link in the description. Fill out the form. Someone from the team will get back to you as soon as possible. If you want to be notified of new episodes when they drop, click the subscribe button. Also, please leave us a review. Drop us a like. We love all the feedback. To everybody out there in Jim Lords Nation, keep working hard. Keep changing lives. Keep kicking ass. Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.